A lot of times we don't realize like we're so focused on like looking pretty and that'll make me confident or whatever. But I feel like the deep thing underneath that is just like feeling good and like then you feel beautiful. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 Podcast. Here we go. Welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. My name is Krista Williams. And I have my smile directed. I have a little (laughs) bit of a lisp. (laughs) And I'm Lindsay Simsek and I have veneers. So whatever. They're really... Since I was 14. They're really aggressive. So the first one, (laughs) the first set was like gentle and this the smile set, the yeah. smile direct yeah so uh, you wear like you change your retainers like every two weeks or i in my program i did and this is the the second set and damn this this set was a little more aggressive really yeah so it's a little I, like, it was hard sore. To, i just had to go in the bathroom and i was like uh, <laughs> and my teeth were like Ugh. like ow. i bet you if i took out my retainers my teeth would come with them <laughs> <laughs> we've been walking around london and like a few steps before we step into a restaurant and i hear Click, click, it's click, like, click, click, and she takes out a retainer. <laughs> and I like put them in my pocket. <laughs> so I worked with them through my blog and um, I don't have that much movement with my teeth, but I was like, whatever, I'm going to get them free. And I have actually wanted retainers for a while. And dude, when you get retainers, they're expensive. Anything with your teeth is way too expensive. It was like $600 expensive. for me to get retainers. Holy hell. I'm like, what? And uh-uh. it's just so weird too about braces that they don't, they only work for a certain amount of time. I know. Well, I think it's also gen- like, I mean, maybe mine will move eventually, but it's like, I feel like it's genetic in terms of like how your teeth move and yeah. like, I'm prone to cavities. That's my genetics. Mm. But like, yeah, with teeth movement and stuff, I'm curious whether like my bottom teeth will eventually move now that I don't have that little bar. Oh, you got rid of it? Yeah, I was like, oh, I it. like ate mine. Honestly, like mm. one time it was in half and Just the next time they're like, off. where's your bar? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I was like snacking on it. <laughs> oh, Justin God. got his bar removed too because he had some placky plaque. Dude. I was like, yo, we got to remove that. Because <laughs> you can't. You're like making out and you're like, there's something else Well, you here. can't like floss beneath it. So you had to get the special flossers the special, and no yeah. one's getting the special. No one's flossing. So totally. no one's getting the special flossers. Yeah. So such a deal, but I'm trying to be be normal about my Smile Direct Club. <laughs> experience. And and, hey, don't at me if you work at a dentist office and you think this is bad for my teeth. I think this is what everyone's doing now. Like the Invisa, whatever. It's owned by Invisalign. Oh, there you go. There you go. And I am not one to not believe that these retainers should be very cheap because how much does this retainer cost, this plastic? Five cents. Mm -hmm. So it's really the technology that's expensive. You know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. So you, cool. Yeah, That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. It's because it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and you're avoiding fucking braces for four years. I know. And it's just, yeah, it's a small thing. So we'll see, you know, 
keep you guys posted. This is not sponsored, by the way, but we just wanted to uh, update I don't update even you a, on I don't our team. Even think I have a code or anything, but <laughs> yeah, just don't at me if you oh, are well. a dentist. I don't really, I don't actually at not me. that I don't respect and love you, but I just don't want to be scared. At me, because I have like a, apparently I have like a hole in one of my veneers that's like slowly dripping. Dripping what? It's like seeping. Your brain. Seeping in, something seeping in. I don't fucking know. That's I've had them for 15 years. That's really scary. It, no, it's just stupid. I'm like, this is so dumb. There's like, like I don't soup even, in there. It's probably food. Whatever. It's definitely food. It's probably starts smelling in a little bit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> my, uh, my SDC. We got to see if I start to smell, but yeah. can you post it? So if you see me at an event and I'm... You know what I realized the other day, speaking of smells, I was at the gym. I like, sometimes I just don't, I just don't work deodorant and I Same. literally don't care. I, I, call, I call it being like um, natural. I'm like on yeah. clean beauty. At my best <laughs> BO, it smells like lavender tea. There's a tea about it. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to need to smell. <laughs> I actually wanted someone to smell it. Cause I'm like, am I smelling? Cause it is, it's not like pungent. It's mm. just like a lavender tea, not airing on the side of tea, not lavender. <laughs> I hope you're, I hope your man tells you that one time in your life. I smelled his pit the other day. And you were like, he's like, oh, and she smells I was like, like I need to bring this. Tea. <laughs> Did it smell good? Didn't smell like anything. I was like, okay. He's a keeper. <laughs> when she smells your pit. They were dry though. That's eyes. what we were commenting on. I was like, your pits are dry. Flaky. That's odd. <laughs> you thought so too. That's odd. Bless. We usually oh, don't start out like shit. this, but anyway, almost 30 podcast is a podcast about the transition from your twenties to your thirties, which includes dental work. <laughs> True. So we thought we would <laughs> coming to you live from London, mm-hmm. England. Yeah. We're, we have had the best time. We're so, so I'm just like freaked out. We're here in the best way. I'm I like, know. how the hell did we get here? This is one of my, this is probably my, one of my favorite places on earth. I'm, the, it is becoming mine. The park. first time. I love that the streets don't like, they're crazy. It's not like grid. Nothing really yeah. makes sense. Like you can get lost very easily. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of very, very mature trees, which I really enjoy. So clean. Clean. Public transportation. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now they have Uber. Nice. Mm-hmm. And they have an amazing amount of vegan options. So amazing. many. We vegan went to options. pharmacy last night, y'all. We Ooh. eat vegan on the road, y'all. It's, it's so F-A-R-M-A-C-Y nice. A R M A C Y mm-hmm. in Notting Hill and Yo. It was so, so good. Yeah, there's tons of options. And most places that aren't vegan have vegan options, which has really mm-hmm. been so, so key. Yeah. We like to keep it plant-based on the road. Keep yeah. us feeling good. But, <laughs> when uh, we were at dinner the other night at Dishoom with Milana, Oh yeah, <laughs> we were at Dishoom, <laughs> which is Indian. It's actually really, it's like popping right now in, in London. Every single person we've talked to has said to eat at Dishoom. So we did. We were so thankful. Shara and Kayla, you know, got us a table and then we met them with Milana and we were ordering what were we ordering? Oh, they're the, oh, fuck. They're like those little hot pockets. The, it, they're, they're s- it starts with an S. So, so, oh, shit. Yeah, it, they're like little hot pockets. So there's veggie options and then there's other options. So Milana's <laughs> ordering. She's like, yeah, we'll have a veggie one and then uh, we'll, we'll have a lamb one. Lindsay, will, ha- will you eat one? Will you eat the lamb ones? And I'm thinking she wants them. So I was like, oh, I want to support this. Like I'm, you know, I eat anything I truly do, but I, I actually don't seek out to eat meat when we're on the road. But I was like, yeah, sure, girl, like get them. Like I'm just encouraging her to get them. And then we get them and she hands them to me. 
She's like, these are Lindsay's. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you don't want them? She's like, no, I don't eat meat. I'm like, I feel bad now. Like I have to have a lamb, uh, whatever. Croquette or something. Yeah, it was just like a little lamb hot pocket. And it was so funny because when you, when she ordered that, I was like, Lindsay's not going to eat lamb. <laughs> she was, the subtext of that was, if Lindsay eats lamb, I can't be friends with her anymore. It was, I was like, she's not going to eat lamb in front of me. <laughs> no, it's just more like, you don't go from like being, pretty much plant-based on your trip to like a lamb. Yeah, it was a, it was zero to a hundred yeah, real quick. Yeah, like that I, just isn't the move. You're I not ate like, one. Oh, I'll take a bratwurst. Like, I, you know? I, ate, <laughs> I ate one because uh, I felt bad. And listen, I like meat, and but I just don't eat it. Like I really don't eat it that often at all. But it brought me back. I mean, when I went to Morocco with my friend Drew, it was a freaking meat fest. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, I ate way too much meat there. But I, I believe, and I know their meat is different just because of how they raise them over there. They're obviously still killing them, but it's just a little bit different and it tastes different, mm -hmm. therefore. But anyway, it was just a funny moment because I was like, huh? And Never. then I was like, I can't be this nice in, the, in these That's situations. True. I just need to... Can't be 11 pounds worth of nice. I know, truly. Uh, but it was so fun to have dinner with Milana Snow. We had our event on Saturday, which was great. She did a really amazing job of leading the room in... Um, a beautiful healing. And yeah. wow, it was really crazy. We had um, a fire alarm went off. So we were in the original room, the be the beautiful stunning space that Lindsay and I were able to to speak in. We had our lunch, which was mm -hmm. provided by, by Chloe, which mm -hmm. was amazing. Cher did a great job of uh, connecting us with them. And they provided these bomb detox salads, these all these vegan salads and these vegan cookies for everyone at the event. And during lunch, we had the alarm go off. Fire alarm. The fire yeah. alarm. So, you know, I'm really cool and I'm really laid back. So I'm like, ah, whatever. The firearm's going off. Whatever's meant to happen is meant to happen. Just kidding. My head, my my hair is literally on fire, even Truly. though there isn't a fire and I'm freaking the fuck out. Yeah. So we're trying to figure out where to go. And we ended up going into this bigger room, which actually was beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it was really interesting because in this room, the bigger room, the mats and the healing was facilitated in a circle. Mm -hmm. And in the other room, it would not have been facilitated in a circle. It would have been mats laying down um, just in rows. And the facilitation of this Reiki healing and this energy healing and this meditation in that circle where their heads were facing in was so much more powerful than I think, you know, it would have been otherwise. And it just so gave too. me pause to the collective energy um, created and the power of it being in that way. Yeah, being able to see each other across the circle, like just and just the um, being enclosed like that, just kind of keeping the energy in rather than just facing one way and having all the energy go forward towards yes. the healer or whatever is Good happening. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it was really beautiful. Um, everyone, you know, felt something at different varying degrees. And, you know, there was a few people who uh, were really feeling deeply, you know, moving through some things and it actually helped the entire group to open up and to let go. I think the hardest part about energy work in my experience is the letting go. And so sometimes like a, a cry will come up and I'll try to kind of stuff it down just naturally. I'm like, oh, I don't want to cry. And then, you know, Milana will say, let it go. And, and once you do let it go, I mean, there is just so much healing behind that. So it was just, it was something we've never experienced before. Milana has never experienced before. It's something we'll really never forget. So, you know, to everyone that came, thank you. Yeah, shout out. It was really cool. Everyone 
hung out for a long time after mm. we just had a, a really lovely day and, and the women there um, were so sweet. I mean, they flew in from Germany, Finland. Oh, so many, so many different places. Like, there was the most people had flown in for the day. So yeah. the Netherlands, which was really nice. So it was great to have, I mean, everyone fly in for that was incredible. Truly. Um, so thank you to buy Chloe. Thank you to recenter. Thank you to all the amazing sponsors for, for mm-hmm. that event. It was it was powerful. Yeah, it was really, really powerful. Um, and we have more coming this week, which has been great. But you know, what's been like kind of the, on my mind being here, you know, overseas, having met the London ambassador um, and just like feeling the ambassador program more, you know what I mean? And, and really understanding its impact. Like while we're here, I know that... Um, almost 30 Los Angeles group met up at Gracias Madre mm-hmm. for a beautiful brunch. For Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Of course. So they have tons of events. And then there's one event without calling. And Chloe Leonard, our, our <laughs> sweet our sweet creative director, our, our, our who owns our hearts, shows up. <laughs> she's like, oh, margaritas? She, I'm yeah, there. Literally. No, she's so sweet. She loves that group. She's like, Oh, I know. She's group. the best. But it just cracked me up because I was like, you picked a good one, little sweetie. <laughs> so she went to the Gracias Madre one with Lauren Holly, who is our amazing almost 30 ambassador ambassador for Los Angeles. There are 600 women in that group. Yeah. Um, they're we celebrating are doing 600. A movie in the park this month. Um, we are doing, you know, a meditation at Rooted Beings. So Erica Gallia um, opened up a, an amazing meditation studio in Manhattan Beach. Beach called Rooted Beings, which is awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm excited to go there frequently, but I'm definitely going to be going with the girls soon. And then it's just awesome to see, you know, all these ambassadors coming together. I know in Philly, they went to, um, or they held a private yoga fundraising event for the Philly. Um, it was actually, or sorry, it was a private yoga fundraising event and it was for Mothers Against Drunk Driving. So they had one of their members lead a yoga and help organize the event. And then they donated all the proceeds. Love so that. they're doing fitness. They're coming together in community. Um, and then they're also donating all the proceeds, which is actually incredible. Um, in New York recently. So Nicolette is our New York ambassador. She does an amazing job. They had a healing. Um, so they had a healing with one of their Reiki healers in the city. And there was about six of the girls and they got together and just, you know, had this Reiki healer do some of the healing. And then there was a really cool one that I also recently was, which was in Providence, um, the new Providence group. So shout out to the new Providence group, Crystal, Tessa, Kimberly, um, all of those lovely ladies, they created vision boards. So their vision boards oh, are fun. so rad in the almost 30 ambassadors group. I'm looking at these amazing vision boards um, and they got together, made their community smaller by doing this action within the almost 30 group. So yeah. if you do want to join one of the almost 30 nation uh, subgroups in your city, you are welcome to, we are excited to have you. Um, you can request to join and then the ambassadors just make sure that you're a person that you're no crazy bot or you, <laughs> yeah, robots have been requesting. <laughs> yeah. Robots are requesting and we see you. Um, so, um, and then join the group and then you can have access to all of these free, amazing, beautiful things that just help you feel more like yourself, help you connect with people that feel more energetically aligned with where you are in your life and help you navigate the transition from your twenties to your thirties, your thirties mm-hmm. to your forties, forties, 
to 50s, 50s to 60s, whatever. <laughs> life to life to death, whatever. <laughs> Remember, we don't have to do this alone. And I think that's what the groups really provide is like that sense of, oh, wow, like I'm not the only one going through this. Oh, wow, I can lean on this community, ask questions. And, you know, it's just... It's something that I'm, I was not apt to do is to reach out to people, to gather in community. And this community has taught me that. So yeah, it's the best. It's amazing. Um, yeah. So ambassador program, and then you can follow the ambassador program at almost 30 nation on Instagram. Um, almost 30 podcasts on Instagram. We are posting a lot of information about our um, upcoming tour dates. So we have LA, we have San Francisco live show, we have New York, we have Philly, DC, Nashville, um, Columbus, Miami, New York live show, LA live show is soon to be announced. So there's lots of stuff happening. And a lot of these events are great opportunities to learn from some of the amazing people we have on the podcast. So you can say, what up to Lindsay and I, we are there to hug you, to see you to just support you. And then we're also there to bring these amazing people that have great messages and stories to you and tell them in a fun and digestible way. Yeah. Oh man, you guys are the best. Cool. Send you hugs. Um, today's podcast. Let's get into it. We have Lauren Scruggs Kennedy on the cutest peanut. So sweet. So sweet. sweet. I mean, if you guys think she's sweet, Multiply that times a hundred. Hundred. It's crazy. <laughs> she's fun and she's cool. She's so sweet. She is a blogger. She is an inspiration um, to all women and especially those who have lost limbs. And she actually has a special retreat for women who have lost limbs that she does with Bethany Hamilton to encourage one another on their journeys, which is so beautiful. But Lauren, um, a few years ago, lost her arm and her eye in a horrific accident when she was um, deboarding a plane. Um, And it was, you know, something that just changed the course of her life forever. But she's just so strong and and positive and also honest, you know, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's, it's quite a journey uh, to go from being a model and, and really having people. And in the blogging space for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And just look at you for the aesthetic Mm -hmm. and see the value there. And one, she's still so gorgeous. And, um, but there is just this faith in her and this light in her that, just shines through no matter what and is an inspiration to so many people. Yeah. And I love the way that she talks about her relationship with her husband, Jason Kennedy. Mm -hmm. Um, Jason Kennedy is the correspondent that you see all the time on TV. He's on Eno's all the time. And they just seem like they are so in love, that they are so supportive of one another, that they are just so kind and thoughtful people. So when she talks about um, them together, it is inspiring. And I definitely learned a few things. She also founded the Lauren Scruggs Kennedy Foundation, which exists to bring hope, restore confidence, and ignite faith in girls and women with limb loss by providing beautiful cosmetic coverings for prosthetics. So yeah, it's, and we also talk about that, you know, kind of the process of getting a prosthetic limb, how expensive it is, how hard it is. And, um, you know, her work is helping women to get that more easily um, with, you know, less shame. And, um, she's just a light. Um, so the Lauren LSK foundation.com, if you'd like to learn more and to donate. And she also has two books, still Lolo, a spinning propeller, a horrific accident and a family's journey of hope, which was published in 2012. And then she has a second book, 
Your Beautiful Heart, which was released in March 2015. So you can check her out online with her books and with her foundation. And I'm excited for you to listen to this podcast now. Yeah, we love you. Enjoy. You know, like if you're younger, you're like, yeah, (laughs) I need to be white, blonde. It's always hard to change when like, and by the way, we just kind of roll. Oh, great. Cool. It's always like weird when you're young Mm -hmm. and because you're more worried about like what everyone else is going to think rather than like if you like it. No, totally. You know what I mean? Or you're, you're like, just like so used to it. And so like, used to it. I always thought if I go darker than blonde, I'm not going to be myself. I was like, this is me. <laughs> like I need to be blonde. <laughs> and I, now it's like I went dark one time in college and I didn't like it because I didn't feel like I stood out. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just like blend in. I'm like one of the crowd. And now yes. I'm like, I want to go brown and blend in. Yes. It's like, I want to be one of the crowd. Yes. It's like, I'm sick of having white blonde hair and just being like sticking out. I know. You know, I'm just like walking around and everyone's like, wow, that's like white hair. I'm like, over it. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're so excited to have so you. Excited. Thanks for having You've me. Been, I'm um, so excited to be here. Following you for a long time. And mm-hmm not only your story, but your blog and just all that you've been doing with your foundation and um, you and Jason are just expanders for me. And yeah, I just like, I I adore you too. Um, And I was actually just listening to your mom's podcast this morning. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Is she the one from Ohio? Yes. No. Yeah. She's been gone for a long time. She's the best. She's coming in town. Well, She'll be in Orange County tomorrow and then I'm going to go visit her on Thursday and then she's going to come back for a few days. She's like the best. I get so so excited. What was the pod? Um, So it's the TBB podcast. Thriving Beyond Belief. Belief. Yeah. And it's just, I love, she's so articulate, so grounded now. And I'm sure just like her experiences have kind of brought her there. Totally. Um, She's like always been, I feel like in our family- even just, we have really close friends in Dallas, like family friends. And if you come over to our house, you know, you're going to get asked, like, I don't know, my mom just goes deep, <laughs> but it's like, she's really fun mm-hmm. too. But we have like so many stories around the round table in our kitchen. Um, and they actually renovated their kitchen. Like, I think it was like three years ago. And everyone was like, where's the round table? Because uh-huh. <laughs> we were like, this Aww. is just where so many memories yeah, are. Like and red table talk before it, before it <laughs> totally, was real. <laughs> literally. And we were just all like, seriously, we would just cram around this. It was like a big round ta- table, but like people would just come by without even like us knowing or just, we just had such good friends. And I love that. Yeah. We'd be like dying, laughing one minute and like bawling. (laughs) We're just like, we would just really live life together, you know? Mm -hmm. But my mom was kind of like, my dad's such a people person and like such a connector. And then my mom is just like a, we're going in, Mm -hmm. you know? So she's great with her podcast. We're like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And to just share so openly. Like, yes. I don't see or hear like that generation doing that. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I think it's like you either choose like the shame route or yes. not. So it's it's really cool to hear that. What was it like growing up? Like, can you kind of give us like a little background? Yeah. You may have heard part of it on mm-hmm. that podcast, but um, so, okay. So we were born in California, Redondo Beach and This is kind of interesting, but my parents were one of the first people to do one form of IVF. Mm -hmm. Um, And so 
it worked. And my sister and I are born, so we're twins. She's like my best friend. (laughs) And we always have been best friends. It was so sweet. But there was one point of time in like fourth grade, I think for six months where she was like, I need my space. And she was like, but it was like, that was the only time we like (laughs) didn't get along. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, so we, my dad was transferred to Dallas when we were two. Um, So we grew up in Dallas and then my parents actually got divorced when we were four and they were divorced for seven years and then got remarried to each other. Um, And my dad worked in like the corporate world forever. He was so good at what he did. Um, And they literally just had couples. So people like knew their story. I guess they would just be open about it with like friends and people and their story just kind of like passed around Dallas, I guess. And so a lot of couples just would say, Hey, can we meet with you guys? Or like, Jeff, can I get breakfast with you? Or Cheryl, my mom, like, can I meet with you or whatever? And it turned into like, basically where he had another full-time job of just helping couples and um, all of that. So anyways, it's so crazy, but he got laid off, which was I don't want to say funny, but it like kind of was because for years he's like, I feel like I'm about to get laid off. We're like, daddy, you're literally like, you're like the best in the company. Like you're, you're going to be the last one to get laid off. That's crazy. So he said that like five to 10 times over the years. And we're just like, oh great. He thinks he's going to get laid off again. We're like, you're good. Like, you, you know, but he actually like got laid off um, literally when that all started happening And it was the craziest thing. So now they have like a full marriage ministry and like share their story and they have a book and all that. So it's just so crazy what it turned into. But we grew up kind of doing like the Parent Trap movie, seriously. Like my sister and I would study that movie and we would do things to my parents, like kiss my cheeks. And then we'd bend down so they would kiss each other and just all this stuff. But um, it was like the healthiest divorce, like no divorce is healthy per se, because you're separated as a family, but we lived five minutes from each other. There was no like court involved, like every, they just like loved us so well through it all. And like, we never saw their conflict or anything like that. So it was just a really, we loved our growing up years. We had a lake house with my dad. We would go there a lot. We grew up skiing from a young age, um, water skiing, and just had great friends and went to church early on. And just, we were really involved in, I was going to say the churches we were involved in just because there were two different ones, like Mm -hmm. my mom and my dad. Um, And yeah, we just had like amazing community. I guess that's what encompasses it all and just a lot of sweet memories. And then, so they got remarried when we were 11 and um, it was just so surreal. Like we just couldn't believe it because we had prayed for it for so long mm-hmm. and that was our biggest hope. And um, we just learned so much through it because even as you were saying, my parents are really vulnerable and I'm so thankful for that. Even Jason and I talk about it because we like felt safe to talk to my parents about anything, not in a weird way, just like they were just open books. They always would talk us through things. Even like, I remember in high school, um, I'm like, I'm so curious what wine tastes like. And my dad's like, let's try some wine. He even like my best guy friends would come over and they'd call me and be like, is your dad home? Like, thanks guys. Like they just always wanted to come hang with my dad. And, um, he even did like a little tasting, like with my guy friends, cause they were curious about it. And all that to say, like, 
it just made it so safe. Like you never felt like you wanted to rebel or try something because like that you could just talk about it with them and Mm -hmm. they were just open about everything. And they also were open about their struggles and their life. And I've just learned so much through them and just how to, yeah, create really close friendships and how to really just be real and, but also just have fun, you know? What did, what did they say that they learned or what changed when they were divorced? Mm -hmm. So my mom was really unaware of herself emotionally. And when they were married the first time Mm -hmm. and um, she just really connected with this guy that was very emotionally like pursuing her. And it was almost like Mm -hmm. this accidental thing where she's like, Oh my gosh, I love this. I have never experienced that. And my dad is just so like fun and like, um, I don't know what the right word. It just, he wasn't really emotionally deep with my mom and he wasn't really aware that he was, or he wasn't. So they would just go play volleyball every weekend and do all of that. But my mom just felt really empty. So she had an affair with this guy and my dad just wanted to work on it. She, he actually didn't know that she had an affair, but all of a sudden she just said, I wasn't in love with you. Um, And so he was just really hurt when the divorce happened. And so it just took him years to heal from that. And then my mom just developed a faith and came to know Jesus and God and realized, oh my gosh, I need to reconcile my marriage. And this was like six months after they got divorced. So my dad was just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like we've, I've tried to pursue helping this and now you want to get back together. So Mm. really it was just seven years of like healing and then they started dating each other again. And there's a lot of details, but um, yeah, it was just a process. Wow. Mm-hmm. How did that influence like how you approached relationships like as you got older and started to date? So much. Like I'm so thankful for it because of that. So I had a really close relationship with my dad. So I never felt like desperate for guys or a boyfriend. And my first boyfriend was in, I think I was a junior in high school and we dated for almost three years. Um, and it was like the best relationship, but I think that whole experience developed really high standards for us because, and for us, I mean, my sister and I, um, because we would just never, if a guy were to treat us badly, we would be like, Whoa, we don't want that. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't need that. We're not, we're more valuable than that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also just learning how to communicate to someone that you're dating. I actually didn't do that in my first relationship. We just had a ton of fun and just kept everything inside because I don't think we were aware of ourselves emotionally Mm -hmm. very much. Um, But yeah, just learning that and also learning like marriage is not easy and like it's not going to complete you, you know? Um, It can add so much joy to your life and oh my gosh, I mean, Jason's like the biggest gift ever in my life, but I never looked to him to be like, you're going to complete everything, you know, like that's just not, you can't even expect that of a human being. So I think so many girls, especially in Texas or in the South, it's just very easy to be like, oh my gosh. Okay. So I go to college and then I get married and this is just this, you know, the stages of life and this is what you do. And like, you have this thought in your head of it's just going to be a fantasy and it's going to be so dreamy and romantic and all this stuff. And I feel like we just got a really good taste of what marriage is like. And it's so beautiful, but it's just Mm -hmm. real. Like you're living life with someone and yeah. So I learned a lot. Yeah. It's in Texas. It's like, 
or I just, I, I know that too from, you know, people like where I'm from are kind of like that too. And it's like, you don't give yourself time to figure out who you are. Yes. So you become, and we're all of these things, you know, people are why you're a wife, you're a friend, you're, you know, a sister, you're a twin, yeah. all these things, but people don't really develop who, you know, like you wouldn't develop Warren. Like I wouldn't develop Krista. It's myself so before dedicating myself to my husband and to my kids. And then, you know, that becomes challenging if, especially, you know, if you're not working or even if you are, and, and that is your life from that point and you don't really figure out who you are. Yeah. It's so true. Cause even for example, my sister, she got married when she was 22 and that's just so her, like, I feel like she was so ready to get married and she was just kind of made to be a mom and a wife. And that was just always a passion in her heart. And mm. all of her friends always called her mom. We're like, she just takes care of all of us. Aww. Like she's so great. Um, but for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, I could not have gotten married when I was 22. I didn't even want that at that time. I wanted to get married eventually, just not then. And I feel like you're so right. I just took time to develop myself. And then I feel like you just meet someone kind of at the right time, not always, but just that's how it kind of played out in my life. Um, but I felt like I was so secure in who I was and, you know, I just like knew who I was. I was aware of myself as a person and that really is so important. Mm -hmm. Completely. Mm. And how did, you know, I'd love to kind of share your story and like the moment that changed your life. And, you know, it just seems like everything in your, in your life, you've kind of treated as, you know, something that is like, you know, deepened your faith or just made you who you are. So I'd love for you to, for people who don't know your story yeah. in that way, um, share that. Yeah. So um, just like a long story short, I was hit by a plane propeller in December of 2000, 2011 and I lost my left eye, my left hand and had a traumatic brain injury as well. Um, so I was in the hospital for about three weeks, which is actually crazy because you would think way longer, but, um, yeah, it was just, honestly, I always say it was like a two year period of physical healing, but it's not like I was unable to do things. It was just more, um, I think just like we've talked about before, just mm -hmm. like emotional, physical, spiritual, all coincides together. So I feel like it took me two years just to really get back to life. I guess that's a better way of saying it. Um, mm -hmm. so a lot of, my physical therapy and training were mixed. Um, it was like one of the best experiences of my life. And then, um, yeah, I just learned so much about what beauty really means and um, even just patience and pain and how to really accept that in your life. Because when you're hit, especially with physical um, trauma, like where you're body is affected physically and you look different, that cannot go away. And you can't heal faster. You can't bring a hand back. You can't bring an eye back. Mm -hmm. um, even when I got my first prosthetic eye, he just gave me a temporary one while my eye was healing. But behind the eye is just like swollen still. So it's like the eye just looks bigger than it should. But that's just how it is at the beginning where half my head was shaved and just I couldn't rush that growing out. And even my friend gifted me with extensions, which was so sweet and um, one of the biggest gifts, but like 
there would just be, I just always remember like these little hairs. Like if I got in the wind, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. no. Cause they would just like stick straight up. Just like things like that. And then don't have a hand. And the story went really viral like that night and no one knows how that happened. So it was just like a struggle in my family. I actually didn't know that until after mm. I was back home. And I just wondered why so many people would come up to me in public. And so they just sh- slowly started telling me what had happened and, started showing me segments that were on the news and today's show and GMA and all this stuff. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And so that was another huge shift that I really, it like changed our whole lives because it was just the story went, you know, like nationwide approval. Yeah. Like yep. how does that happen? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? I know that um, like airline, Accidents. I don't know the proper word, but yeah. that all is on public record. And so I don't know. Somehow it got out like that because um, my parents were dealing with it like night one and they had no idea what to do. So wow. they had to just seek a lot of wisdom. And we had, um, this is like so crazy too. So my parents were obviously on their way. My mom was with me when it happened. And um, there were already a hundred people like at the hospital before I even arrived and before my parents even arrived and just like the way that this was just like our close community. I know it sounds so crazy, but we just had been there for so long and um, just people took on these roles. So even someone took on like organizing media because they did that in their life or this person organized meals being delivered to us for six weeks. This person organized, I don't even know, just everything you can think of to where my parents didn't even like think about a thing except for just being with me and making decisions. Um, So I don't know why I just got into that, but I think it's just the beauty of having close people around you. Yeah. At Um, what point in your, so uh, this was 2011. So what was happening in your life at that time? Yes. So probably, oh my gosh, I'm so bad with time. I think it started, let's see, 2008 is when I interned in New York for Gossip Girl, Michael Kors showroom. Um, And then I just started reporting for Fashion Week seasonally in New York and then did one in Paris, one in Montreal. Um, So just kind of like starting that. And then I started my website like three months before. So I called it, it was Lolo Mag at the time. And my goal was to like make it a print magazine. Um, But it was just blowing up because there were like five blogs that I knew of. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Wow. I know. 2011. Like, yeah. 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 And there were all the ones I could find that were like fashion related. Um, so it was such a new thing. And even like Amber Vens, who started Reward Style, and then like eight of our girlfriends in Dallas, we were all starting blogs or Amber was starting that. And we all would just get together. We called it like the Dallas Bloggers Society, I think, <laughs> or something like that. It was just the eight of us and we would get together and be like, okay, there's no history on this business. How do we do this? Blah, blah, blah. How do we make money? How do we encourage each other? Just things like that. So anyways, that Mm -hmm. was all happening at that time. And um, yeah, I just took, I really took like, I would say, I'm trying to think a two or three year truly like pause from career oriented things, except for we started our dry shampoo before that, mm-hmm. um, which was just so random. But um, yeah, that's wow. kind of where I was. And mm-hmm. then the day that it happened, do you remember like the full day? Um, I don't really remember the morning. Like I don't yeah. remember what we did in the morning. Um, but who, who were you with? 
So that night. Yeah. So I was with, okay, so we would go to church on Saturday yeah. nights. So I had gone with my mom. My dad was actually with us on the way to church. And he was like, I do not feel well. Um, so we just like dropped him back off at home. But we would go with like a lot of our friends. And so we would usually go to like somewhere for dinner after someone's house and order food or something. And we were at our friend's house who lived on this little airport a little bit north of Dallas. Um, and it's like hard to explain. They just yeah. were people that like for a hobby, just would like fly planes and stuff, yeah. like little planes. So, And yeah. then it was going like a plane was landed or? Yeah. So I had gone up and looked at Christmas lights. So it was like a two-seater plane. Yeah. And then someone was getting on after me. It was kind of like a lineup of people that were going to go look. So I just got out how I'd always gotten out and the plane was still on. So I think you just walk into, like, I think I just literally was at the propeller when I got out. Um, mm. Yeah. It's kind of something we all wonder, but mm-hmm. yeah. So And your mom was with you? She was like inside. Okay. But so your dad wasn't because he was home. Yeah. Huh. Which is actually kind of a blessing. I, I think. Know. Yeah. I don't know if my dad's like so sensitive. I don't know if he would have handled that very well initially. You know what I mean? Mm. And when you were in the hospital for, you know, the weeks and then, you mm-hmm. know, you were covering for two years, how did you feel like it changed who you are? Oh my gosh. Well, I think the first thing that happens is it just like focuses in your life. You realize everything that's just so unnecessary or not important. And one just funny thing. So I was obviously signed up for all these fashion brands and things like that. So I would get emails about that, like this, I don't know, the new styles on shop off or whatever it was. And I like told my mom, like, if I get one more email about a shirt, I'm going to freak out (laughs) because you just like are in this extreme thought process of just like, oh my gosh, no, I don't know. Like, I don't want to hear about that. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah, Which is kind of cool because it's like, those things are so fun. And like, I love fashion and I love shopping and I love all those things. But I think it just is a reminder of like, that is not going to like fulfill you in your life. Um, And it's so easy to get wrapped up in those things. Um, So that was one thing. I think also just like, I felt like people were going to baby me a lot. And I am like, I rebelled from like being a victim. I'm like, I just was so far past that. Like, I will never be like that. Um, So I had that fear that people just always want to do things for me just because I had one arm. Um, So even in my family, I was like, I'm going to struggle with things. So I was like, if I ask you for help, that would be awesome. But like, otherwise just let me struggle because there's no other way I'm going to learn how to do things differently. And so um, just like taking on those challenges was a big thing, but I actually like, I did not mind that. It wasn't like this burden, you know? Um, and then also just like thought that people would not think I was attractive anymore. Cause I, so growing up, I really didn't spend a lot of time getting ready. I would like get out of bed. I feel like my hair was kind of just like, I just like that natural look. Like you just roll out of bed kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, you're beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Beyond beautiful. Thanks. You are. Thank you. But I would just, I didn't honestly even know how to do makeup. So my <laughs> sister would always like do my makeup, but I just... I just like didn't put on a lot of makeup ever. Um, I don't know. So 
but I did get a lot of compliments like growing up, just like, oh my gosh, you're so pretty mm-hmm. or you look so cute and all this stuff. And like, oh my gosh, thank you so much or whatever. And when I got in my accident, I actually realized how much that did identify me mm-hmm. in my mind, but I didn't think of anything of that growing up, you know? So you really quickly see what kind of matters to you the most. Um, and then I also just thought like, I'm probably never going to get a compliment like that again, or like guys won't think I'm attractive. And even growing up, like I guys would have crushes on me and I would have no idea. I'd like go over my head and just, um, I just, you kind of like go back to your life, like in retrospect and like realize all these things. And so I just had a fear that like, I, I don't know, a guy Mm -hmm. wouldn't love me or a guy wouldn't think I was attractive. And, um, yeah. I would just be looked at as like different or something. Mm-hmm. And that was just a big fear of mine. Well, so mm-hmm. part of the, <clears throat> like the therapy, the physical therapy, um, did they incorporate kind of like an emotional side of the therapy where there's like, I rem- mm-hmm. I think it was on, I think you were on the Gold Digger podcast, but talking mm-hmm. about EMDR. Yes. So I'm oh just like, I guess oh. what I want to talk about is like the, the trauma and how it can really, um, not only manifest in the body, but yes. just like things that you don't even remember could be in your yes. subconscious and influencing things that you're doing, things you're saying, things you're reacting to in relationships, whatever it is. Yes. So how did you navigate that? Okay. So it's really interesting because, well, first of all, okay, I'd started physical therapy at Baylor hospital and they were really babying me a lot. And I was just I would just dread to go. My dad's like, why are you dreading this so much? So he came with me and he realized, oh my gosh, you're in here literally helping everyone because this is just so easy for you. Like this, you need way more. Yeah. So we found Mm -hmm. this amazing physical therapist. She worked out at, or worked at API is what it was called at the time, athletes performance. So it was training like major, minor baseball, football players. And um, there were like 20 guys. Um, I was there two hours every day for two years. And they became uh-huh. like my brothers and they were all my age. And so honestly, so she would do, my trainer was a phys- physical therapist and she would do both during our workouts and just pushed me so freaking hard. And that's what brought so much, even emotional healing. Um, and then we would just talk through things too and I would work out. And then even like some of the guys, like they would literally like, they planned something for my one year anniversary. They're like, we're picking you up at seven and we're taking you here. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did they even know it was like my one year anniversary? Oh, like, no. but they weren't just doing it because they like felt bad for me. <laughs> they were just yeah. like, truly just my friends. And they're like, we're celebrating this year. Like, this is a huge year for you. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the guys had crushes on me and I was just like, so confused. <laughs> no, but I literally was like, like, how? I like, I literally freaking have no oh, six of them are like in suits. They're like, hello. <laughs> Roses. Yeah, literally. Oh my gosh. We no. choose you. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are so I literally so though was like so confused. I was like, I don't understand because I <laughs> like I don't know. I just didn't have a prosthetic arm yet. I was just like really out in the open all the time. And so in my mind, I was just like, what? Um, but that honestly brought some emotional healing too, because mm. it was almost just like truth against the lie that I was believing in my head. Ah, it's like when one. they see in you what you don't see in yourself yet, totally. it's like it's very it's very healing. I can imagine. Yes. No, it's so true. And then I feel like at home. So in Dallas, I just had my friends surrounding me. So my friends would be like, 
you're going to the mall today. I'm like, I don't want to go. And they're like, yeah, we're going, we're going to go out in public and we're going to walk around. I'm like, okay. Um, and they would just push me. Mm. So that was huge. And then my parents just like, were like, be real with your, we had to encourage all of ourselves to be real with our emotions and just like, we're all in this together. And like, we're going through grieving cycles. So like I experienced emotions like anger and like sadness and all this stuff. And I was seriously like the most happy go lucky person before, like to get me upset was like, you would have to literally like, I don't even know, Mm -hmm. do something really bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it was just emotions I wasn't used to. And it was like scaring me a little. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't like this. It's just not fun. Um, but we just like really came together as a family and like even our friends too. Um, but then when I moved to LA and I did counseling in Dallas as well, which was so helpful. Um, But when I moved to LA, I feel like everything shifted. Like, I feel like I, even with my counselor, like we didn't have really much more to work through. Um, She was so incredible. I just gone to her like once a week for two years or more. And, um, oh, and six months after my accident, I moved out of my parents' house and moved in with my best friend, Annabeth. And she is a nurse and she's just like Mm. my person. She's just like, my best friend for life. <laughs> we just had, we still grieve not living together. We're like, oh, it was like the best time. Um, but she just helped me so much. Not even, it was like, it's just a part of her. Like we would, she was like, low. I literally was at work tonight to figure out how you can round brush your hair, like round brush dry your hair. Cause it was one thing I couldn't figure out. And she would just like, I don't know. That's just how her mind works. Um, but anyway, so I'm like going a little bit ahead of the story, but when I moved to LA, I just experienced a lot of loneliness um, because I don't think often sometimes about what I'm about to do. Like, for example, like doing, I did an interview with the Today Show or something and I wouldn't think about it before. So I wouldn't be Mm -hmm. nervous. And then afterwards I'd be like, holy crap, that was like, I should have been really nervous for that. That was like a big, I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was like I was sharing everything, like the truth for the first time or just whatever with the story. Um, so I did the same with moving to LA. I was just so excited to be out here with Jason. And, um, I didn't think like, I'm going to be away from my family, all my friends, like the city that I went through so much in, even just like my parents divorce and all that, not mm-hmm. just my accident. And then I'm also around people that know nothing about my accident. Like in Dallas, like just, it was the most endearing place, but it got a little overwhelming at times just at the beginning. Cause people would come up and they're so sweet, but you just don't always want that. But mm-hmm. it was just literally like the city went through it with us. Um, and so when I moved to LA, like none of my friends knew anything. So I was experiencing like intense fatigue, even Jason, like I had to explain a lot to him cause there's no way he could know certain things cause he didn't go through everything with me, but he knew a lot at that point, just like not the day in day out right. kind of symptoms, I guess of some things I was still experiencing with my energy and, um, and I just felt like I took like a million steps back. Um, and also within that, so I feel like my family more experienced the trauma of my accident. I don't remember anything. So I don't feel like I had like fear or anything like that after it was more just like me going through the challenge of recovering. But when I came to LA um, I think it was like a year and a half into being married and Jason, I like woke up in the middle of the night at 4am and he to like a loud noise and he had passed out like in our bookshelf 
in our room. And I literally was like, he like kids around a lot. And I thought it was a joke for a minute. I I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like just so out of it. And I was like, wait, what? And he just kept standing up. So he passed out like four times. And I was just like yelling. I was like, do not stand up. Like I called 911, like all this stuff. And that threw me into PTSD. So I did not experience that until that moment. Um, And which led me into EMDR. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I, my whole life, I had never had like headaches or anything like that or anxiety um, that I was aware of. And after that, I had like the worst headaches. I literally thought I had a brain tumor. I went Mm -hmm. and saw my neurologist that did all my brain surgeries like Mm -hmm. throughout, throughout my accident. And I was like, think I have a brain tumor. So I literally flew home, got a brain scan by him. He told me that day, like, you're totally good. This is anxiety. I'm like, okay. I immediately felt like better again, like with my mind. And, um, my counselor in Dallas was like, okay, this is a normal response to what happened with Jason. Like he was fine. He was just really dehydrated and he was like, getting sick and he had sat in the steam room for too long (laughs) and not not enough water. I know. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So, but I like didn't believe that I was just like, something's really wrong. And I just was like thinking the worst things. So anyways, my counselor was like, this is a normal response to that. This is your response. She was like, you, I would really encourage you to look into EMDR because it just reshifts how your brain processes things and things like that. So that like changed my life. Um, And my mom even still reminds me like, even what you were saying prior to this, like your body knows everything that's happened to you. Like, even if you don't remember or no, you weren't aware, like, because I don't remember what happened in my accident, my body knows everything. So like even, yeah, even my parents divorced, like I was, when my parents would come and when they would leave, I would be destroyed for like a week. And um, what EMDR does is it like links it connects like your response now to something that's happened in the past that you're like connecting to. So like when my parents would would leave, it would be like me leaving my dad's house and going to my mom's house during the divorce. And I had never dealt through that. So like it would appear now and my, we were all just like, why is this a big deal? Like I'm going to see you soon or whatever. And, um, but you're so right. Like it was just how I was responding to like my family leaving to Jason at times, like, um, all this stuff and it all stemmed from like my past experiences. So Mm -hmm. EMDR really like wrapped that up for me. Like I just really realized why and I do things and gain so much self-awareness and tools on how to fight it. And yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. Like I just think women too, and I'm only speaking on that because I am a woman, but Mm -hmm. it's like when we go through traumatic things and trauma can be just a minute in time when someone totally. calls you a name, right? Like it's yes. not, it doesn't have to be any, you know, what we think of as trauma, but like women kind of are like separate from their bodies in that moment or yeah. at least afterwards. So they're kind of pushed into thinking logically about the situation. Yes. And like, I've done EMDR too. And like, just when, when they ask you like, what is your body telling you? Usually yes. my mind chirps in and it's like, well, it was really this and it was really not her fault. And like, and yes. then you're like, no, no, no. Like, where do you feel it in your body? Totally. And then you go in there. So that, you know, that makes sense with just like how your body, your body has memory. Like quite literally, we were talking about like fascia a few yeah. weeks ago and just how it stores memory. And yes. Um, and then how it can affect you physically if you're having maybe problems with your liver, you know, how it's all mm-hmm. just... Super connected. It's so true. What do you do in an EMDR session? 
So you can probably speak into this too, but um, what I would do is um, you go in and you're just like, so I'm trying to think like, say we're working on my parents' divorce or something. Um, Cause I viewed it so positively. So we would take like something that had happened that week. And I was like, I don't know why I responded this way. And she's like, okay, I want you to think on that. And you literally like, close your eyes and you either have something buzzing or you can like tap the sides of your legs. And it like basically gets your mind, I don't know, activated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just, all these things pop into your mind within that like quiet time of 30 seconds, let's say. And you just keep it all stored there and you just like say everything. So some sessions we would just do that for like the whole hour. And half the time I'm like, I don't know what we're doing. I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. And then at the end, she would literally wrap it all up and be like, okay, so this stems with this. This is why you're doing this. We're going to work on this, like whatever. Mm. Um, Wow. Yeah. And then we would just incorporate sometimes just talking through things like normal counseling and then mix EMDR in or yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's interesting how vivid the moments can be like, yes. you're like, I've never thought about, literally never thought about that once, or I know it happened, but I've never given it, you know, any weight or I don't stay up at night because of that. Totally. But it just like flashes and you're like, yes. okay. Yeah. <laughs> or you're saying something you're like, I don't know why I'm like, yeah. why that came up. Mm-hmm. And she's like, just keep going with it. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Um, you're like, how much longer? Yeah. <laughs> what did, what was Jason thinking? You know, when that happened? When he passed, passed out, out or when, yeah. And you just, um, I think like he is just the sweetest thing in the whole world. I think he just like try, was trying to understand like, okay, how can I like basically like dive into this with you? And like, what do you need from me? And what can I do to like help you in these scenarios? Um, but I would say like at the beginning, like I would have seriously like some anger burst outs and it would have like nothing to do with him, but it was still like from grieving. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I would just feel, oh my God, I would like go into this like whole shame cycle and just feel like the worst human ever. Cause um, I don't know, it's just a crazy emotion. And I would just have to talk it through with my counselors or like my parents kind of had to describe to Jason, like what was happening in those moments and literally just to like hug me. And I feel like, yeah, he was just honestly, like he's such a person that if he understands what's happening, like even if it doesn't make logical sense, he's just like, okay, this is what I need to do. And this is what I'm going to do. And that, yeah, I feel like he was just, I don't know, just like in it with me, Mm -hmm. you know, no judgment. Yeah. Mm. I read something the other day about grieving and it kind of like helped me to understand maybe moments where I felt grief or, or, you know, been with other people who are grieving where it's like, it's kind of like the, you're grieving the loss of like what you thought it was going to be. So almost like the future instead of what just happened, totally. like kind of the loss of like, you know, what you thought your life was going to be or what you're going to look like, you know, whatever it is. Yes. So is that what it felt like to you? Yeah. I think that was a lot of it. And that's mm-hmm. a great point. Um, my sister and I were actually talking about that this last weekend, she came in just for a few days while Jason was gone. And even with us, like we pictured living in the same city forever and she has a little girl and she's pregnant right now. And it's just like heartbreaking to be away from each other. Mm. And so it's almost like you have to go through that grief of like, we thought it would be this way and it's not. And how can we make this great? Even though, you know, it's not what we thought it would be, but it's so true. And then definitely, yeah, with the accent, just like, I sometimes even go back and think like, 
I don't know. It's just so interesting how the blogging world and like fashion week. And I just, I don't enjoy going now because it's just so different than what it was. Um, and I'm just like, would I be this like massive blogger, which I feel like I would not <laughs> like actually, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like from the outside looking in, sometimes it's like kind of intriguing. You're like, man, maybe that's where I would have been. I don't know. <laughs> You're like, what I would have been doing that brand yeah. sponsorship that I was <laughs> no, doing. Totally. Yeah. I was going to like say one. I'm like, <laughs> not gonna say it. oh my gosh. Yeah. But you do like go there in your mind sometimes. And then you're just like, so thankful it's for my life. Better. Yeah. Yeah. So you had your so. accident. When did you meet Jason? Mm-hmm. Like, so did- we met um, like a year after. Okay. Yeah. So his co-host, well, co-host now too, but it was, there was a break in between, but Juliana Rancic reached yeah. out to me and we got to know each other for like almost a year. So she was in the hospital getting her double mastectomy and saw my story and was like, that was me at her age and I have to reach out. And so we got to know each other. She was like, do you want to come to LA? I'd love to meet you, do an interview with you. I'm like, I would love to. And she just was like, I feel like you need to meet Jason, like come to set later. But she like gave different reasons. I was like, I feel like I know what she's doing. Um, (laughs) Had you like known who he was? Honestly, I am... Sort of like I, I had like yeah. watched E before, yeah. but I couldn't be like, I would never have like recognized him in person totally. or something. But, um, <laughs> I had like the biggest crush on this guy from API coming here. So I was not like, <laughs> I was distracted. I told my mom, I was like, I remember in the plane, I go, I'm so sorry. I'm so distracted. I just like, can't stop thinking about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, I was just like, Oh, I love meeting a new guy, whatever. Um, so yeah, that's when we met. It was, it was like a weird thing because, so so I was with my mom, we came to set and he wrote this paper. I have it like framed now, but it was just like a computer paper. It was like two places to go eat, where to hike, th- his watch brand, because my dad loves watches and I loved his watch. And then he put his number at the bottom and was like, it was a Friday. So he was like, we're going hiking, like me and my friend tomorrow. If you want to come, just text me. And so I'm like, okay. Um, and I, the next morning, like my mom and I got up early, we were going to go hiking um, but it was like really foggy. So we're like, let's just go eat first. And we're sitting at breakfast. I'm like, should I text Jason? <laughs> She's like, sure. And I'm like super Southern, like in that way, I would never like pursue guys or something. I don't know. But I was like, yeah. Okay. So I just texted, texted him. Like, Hi. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, should we go hiking? And <laughs> Do you want to ask me to go hiking? Yeah. <laughs> so like he and his good friend and my mom and I went hiking and it was just like, he is so like, he had like, water bottles packed up and like we met him at his house we did not realize we were going to his house we're like this is potentially really dumb um <laughs> like hopefully he's a good guy yeah. i was like he's not really gonna get away with it yeah totally <laughs> so we yeah so there was no service like where we were going so we all he like drove us there he and my mom talked for like a while like the first half and then we like switched and it was just like the best conversation wow. so easy like so fun first date um, with your mom yeah. yeah, honestly, I was and thinking that too. My mom's honestly a tough cookie with boy, like guys. Yeah. Like she's like, I don't know. My dad's just easily like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And then totally. my mom's just like, I'm going to ask you a few questions. <laughs> um, so she just like loved him. But um, so his friend, after we went hiking, he was like tearing up in his house. Like we had already left. Mm-hmm. And Jason's like, Rye, are you crying? And he's like, yeah, I honestly just feel like you and Lo could be so good together. And he was like, I think you might be right. And just from that point on, like he just he just like was texting me and we started Skyping and 
talking on the phone. And what I loved about him too is like, I feel like sometimes I tell him like, I feel like you should give a lesson in like how to date a girl because he was just like, yeah, he was just like such a pursuer, like just in the perfect way. Um, And even like really vulnerable. Like I remember this one time, so he would fly to New York quite often at that point, just doing today show segments. And he called me and it was like, probably like eight 30 or nine at night. And I was like, Oh my gosh. I remember running into Annabeth's room. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Cause he had never like called me on the phone before. I was like, what is happening? So I'm like, Hey, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm in New York. Um, I'm like doing the today show tomorrow. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so great. How are you feeling? He's like, to be honest, I'm like so nervous about it. He was like, I had to like call my friend here and he just came over and like talked me through it. But I'm like, literally any guy could be like I most know. guys I feel like would say, Oh, I'm so excited about it. It's going to be great. Like blah, blah, blah. And he was just like, just like feeling really anxious. And like, you know, and I was like amazed by that. I don't know. I'll never forget that. Mm. So I was like, that just showed me a lot about him. And, um, it also just lets you in, mm-hmm. you know, totally. in, a, in a way that like you're able, I think just as women were able to kind of hold space for that naturally. And like for him to allow you in like, that is, I think really, special. It really was. And then I feel like when we started, so I went to LA and I was thinking, this is going to tell me everything about him. Cause I like, I also like a month into talking, I called my sister and I was like, Oh my gosh, I think I really like Jason. Like it didn't hit me for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, he's so great. And, um, I came out here and it was like the most amazing trip. Like, I feel like he had canceled two days of work, but he did a today show segment, which was really fun. Cause I like got to see him just do his thing like in person. And then we went on this hike on, um, y'all would know, but it's in Malibu. I'm just blanking on it for a minute. Point do. Yeah. Point mm-hmm. do. And literally we're like at the top and there's like dolphins jumping and we're like, oh, what? Like, this mm-hmm. is like the bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> this is not real. I organized the proposal for one of my really good friends there. My gosh, that's amazing. It's such a beautiful spot. It's so yeah. beautiful. So just that was happening. I like met all of his friends. This church started in his house. And so like got to see him there and just like intro everybody. And we went to dinner after. And I'm like, he is like amazing. Like he just is like who he is. Like mm-hmm. he never is like not fully who he is, you know? Um, And then he came out to visit me. And I just feel like after that point, he told me on that trip, he was like, this doesn't make sense right now. Cause I'm going to New York like every two weeks and it's just like freaking a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I just feel like this is right. And I want to date you and I want to like, whatever. And so um, that's just like when it all started and we were like, I don't know. We just knew really fast. Um, we didn't, re- we got engaged after a year and a half of long distance dating, but I feel like we just like long distance is a blessing. Cause you're just communicating all the time. Um, but we, when we were together, we were like so distracted from like the world, not where we wouldn't participate in conversations more just like, I remember like picking him up from the airport and I was like going through the tollway thing and I like forgot you had to pay and I almost just like flew through it. <laughs> just like things like that where I'm like, oh, this is bad. <laughs> You're literally like on another planet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah. <laughs> so. I always think when people talk about long distance sucking, I'm always like, I think it's amazing. Yes. Yeah. Like you really show your best self when and you're you get together creative too. you get it's creative so true. and you just communicate it's so communicate, true communicate communicate and you really yes. learn about that person because yep. you're not with them totally and it just makes it so much more magnetic 
I think so too. You know, you're like, yeah. Ah. Yeah. So then did you For finally sure. like he moved, you moved to LA, mm-hmm. you were in LA, but like you moved in together or like, how did that work? So, okay. So he, but you got proposed and then you moved in, right? Yes. Okay. So Southern, he Southern like, <laughs> and he was like, we talked or he was like, once you moved to LA, then like, cause we had like talked about engagement obviously mm-hmm. and stuff. Cause we were like planning on it, but he was like, I feel like you should move to LA and then we can like engage. I'm like, cool. And yeah, he like totally surprised me and we got engaged and then I moved a month later, but he, okay. So he lived in a house with like three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I moved into an apartment just for six months. Cause we basically, after we got engaged, we planned a wedding in six months. So wow. I was just in an apartment while we were looking for a house. And while it was just like a, a guy house, like, I don't know. Totally. Yeah. It was a really cool guy house, but I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. And so, um, it just felt weird to like bring all my stuff. I don't know. So yeah. I was in there just for that period of time and we found a house and got married and yeah. Wow. Wow. When you know, you know. Yeah. It's so true. I wanted to ask um, something about actually back in the conversation, but I was thinking about it Um, related to your mom. Did you ever have a grudge that you like felt? That's interesting. So my sister actually did. So this is interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. Even like being twins because Mm -hmm she would express all the emotions and I always felt how she felt. So she mm. was like, almost she would do it, but mm. I didn't know I was holding it all in, but I was. Um, but to me, it's also just a personality difference. Like I view it as my mom's a human being and like, this is her journey in life. And yeah, it affected us, but like how much good came out of this? Yeah. Like it was amazing. And so, no, I didn't ever hold mm. a grudge. Um, there were certain things that I had to like forgive her for yeah. and we talked it through and stuff, but uh, no, it's I like never. It's like the honesty and the vulnerability helps you to not as yeah. well. Cause it's all on the table. It's so true. You know? So you're like, okay, I understand what's going on. Your honesty and vulnerability makes me think you're mm. more human and makes this for whole sure. situation more comfortable rather than, feeling shameful about it. Cause then you pick up on that as a kid too. You're like, Oh, you feel shame about it. Like I should probably be mad about you. I should probably be mad at you. I should probably feel confused or I should probably be upset about it. Yep, That's amazing. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's so true. Cause I'm just like, man, if I make a mistake, like I wouldn't want someone just to like, even like a big one. I'm like, I hope the people around me just love me and know like we're all human and we're in this life together. And not that you can't be upset with someone and, you know, confront Mm. and stuff like that. But yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about, you know, what you've been up to in terms of your foundation. Um, do you still do the yearly retreat? Yes. I'd love to just like have our audience learn more about all of that. Yeah. So, um, one day this is like how it all started, but my dad was like, what do you need right now? I'm like, to be honest, I just want to talk to Bethany Hamilton because she was the only girl that I knew of that had lost a limb. That was my age. And so we set up a Skype call and like just became immediate friends, like just mm. had this special bond and connection. And um, I like seen her a lot after that, like throughout the year, like we were in New York at the same time and then something else. We like went to Texas when she was speaking mm-hmm. this other part of Texas. And um, she called me one day and she was like, I feel like we need to create like a weekend or something through, so it's through her foundation of just girls that have lost limbs and just like have it just be such an intimate weekend or whatever. I'm like, I love that idea. So the first year it was all girls like 
probably like 15 girls that had lost arms. Cause we just only knew people that had lost arms. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just every year, I think it's been like six years now wow. um, where it's girls that have lost arms, legs, all four limbs, all two limbs, like whatever. Um, and it's like the most special weekend. It's really hard to describe because like you all walk in and you all get it. Like you all have totally different mm-hmm. stories. Some of the stories are literally just like, I can't even, it's like, I think of my story. I'm just like, man, I've been through nothing compared yeah. to so many of these girls. And just like everyone's so raw and like vulnerable yet everyone just bonds so instantly. And like some of my closest friends are from that group and they live all around the country, but we can even just text each other things. We can't text everyone else. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. How do you put your hair up in this way? Or, mm-hmm. or I'm really struggling with like my physical therapy job because I can't do everything with one hand or whatever. Um, just little things like that. It's just been such a gift. And even the girls that started out like year one, they're just like leaders now there, which leaders is like, you're still there. Everyone's just like on the same level, but it's just so amazing. Mm. Like to see healing over the years and like confidence grow and just like who they become as women. Um, and then from there. So, um, okay. So I received like three prosthetic arms really soon after my accident. Cause you kind of have to fast cause your arm will develop atrophy pretty fast. So, um, I did that and my insurance covered the majority. So I thought that was like everyone's story. Like I thought that was so normal. And I would just have girls come up to me like in the grocery store or I did this like runway show thing one time, not me in it, but I was like, I think I was helping host. I like don't even remember, but this girl came up to me. She was a model and she had her arm and she was like, where did you get your arm? Like mine looks like plastic, like my thumbs falling off, like all this stuff. And, um, even just this girl I met, a friend of a friend, she was wondering if she should save for in vitro or a new arm and all this stuff. And I'm realizing, oh my gosh, like insurance does not provide arms and legs. Like it provides the very, very basic, like a claw and things like that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my arm was just like so beautiful. It was like painted to match my skin by this amazing little family in Midlothian, Texas. And I had no idea I was going to like the best places because I was just, it was my first recommendation. Even my prosthetic eye doctor, he like did, he created the protocol for prosthetic eyes. He has one eye. He's like in his sixties. He's so incredible, but they're both like the best of the best. And I'm like, I had no idea. So my heart just broke because so many of these girls have been through so much pain and they literally are fighting insurance to try to feel whole again. And like, I knew how much my, prosthetic arm had influenced and impacted my healing. Even though it's like physical, you just feel like so whole with it on Mm -hmm. and like people aren't staring at you and just all this stuff. So, um, I met a lady through, um, where I get my prosthetic arm made. She actually gets her leg made there. She's like the only girl, um, or lady. And then my other friend who was in a train accident lost her leg when she was eight. She's my age. And she lives in Dallas and we all had the same passion and noticed one year at beautifully flawed with Bethany that I like walked in and everyone, like no one had a prosthetic arm. Like obviously girls have prosthetic legs cause you like need that to walk. Um, but I was like, wait, where's, where are everyone's arms? Like, are they like just not on mm-hmm. right now or whatever? And no one like could figure out 
who like everyone was like, wait, where's low? Cause they were looking for like someone without an arm. They didn't know I was wearing like a prosthesis and all this stuff. So anyways, we asked all these girls, like, why don't you have an arm in there? Do you want one? They're like, yeah, we are dying for one. We just can't afford it. Cause they like start around like 30,000 cash out of pocket. Wow. And so it's like crazy. So Lisa and Ashley and I just came together and created the Lauren Scruggs Kennedy Foundation, which provides beautiful prosthetic arms and legs to women. And we just walk through that process with them. But how it all happened so insane. Like, I don't want to go into the details, but just like when something's supposed to happen, it just like Mm -hmm. will, not that it doesn't take work, but like, it was just amazing to see that whole process and be a part of it. So, wow. So if people don't get a prosthetic arm, Mm -hmm. then their arm may atrophy, like you said. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, and so with your insurance, I guess you would have to check your insurance to see if, it would cover prosthetics. Right. And for example, my friend, she lost all four limbs. So she was, she had a kidney stone and went into sepsis and like lost all four. And so, um, she was fighting with her insurance for a while and they were literally going to provide claws for her hands and like the worst legs. And so she's like calling me just like, devastated because she's just like what like Mm. I have babies like she had two babies and like Mm. you can't like I don't know you just need something different than that um just like story after story like that is just like oh my gosh just like hurts my heart um so it's been like such a joy and then the girls that are receiving the arms or the legs it's just like so cool because I feel like it just amps up their confidence and like they want to help. Like they just want to be like, okay, what can I do for like these other girls that, you know, or how can I be a part of this charity or whatever? And it just, it's so cool. I feel like, yeah. That's amazing. It's incredible. Mm -hmm. Last question from me. Mm -hmm. Um, What is it? So, you know, doing charity, what other ways have you built your confidence through this whole process? My gosh. Um, A lot of it is just faith for me and like, knowing who I am and God never changes. So like, even if my beauty shifts or if whatever changes, like God will never. And that's like who I rest my identity in. So that's the biggest thing. And then just like, um, just being vulnerable with my friends and letting people like letting people help you. Cause I feel like I'm just super independent and being willing to ask for help when you need it. And, um, whether it's like emotional or like physical or like, can you open my water bottle or whatever? Um, Just things like that. And then um, honestly, a huge thing for me was, so I had such intense fatigue when I moved here. I don't think I experienced that in Dallas. And so it really shows like the emotional, physical connection. Cause I think like me grieving, not being with my family or just feeling lonely. I think that affected my energy a ton. And still does a little bit. Um, And so I just went on this huge health journey. And that is like bringing me so much confidence when I just feel good. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I like literally couldn't go to a dinner because I'd be so tired. And then I'd feel guilty because Jason would have to go alone. And like, I needed to meet people here. And so that was like my time to do that. And I wasn't able to. And um, so I think that's a huge part of it. And that's become like a huge like passion of mine. And I, I think like the thing most people interact with because a lot of people experience just health issues or things like that. So 
Um, one exciting thing that I launched this year in January is called the clean sweep, but it's just like a three month subscription program and you get um, like a PDF once a week of seven days and it just cool. shares how to clean up your life. Cause I was getting so many questions. I'm like, I needed to just create a resource. So month one is dives like deeply into food. And then month two is all about products and month three is all about practices. So mm. even just like we were talking about this when I first got here, but just how like products you're putting on your skin or makeup or things you're breathing, like perfume or cleaning products or whatever, how much that can impact your health. Um, EMFs, all that. So, um, this just like dives really deeply into all that, but it like, it's not overwhelming. It's really practical. So I wrote it as if someone knows nothing and then, um, yeah. And then just provided ways to like really shift your life and stuff. So that's been really fun. And I hope, I hope it brings confidence to other people who don't realize like we're so focused on like looking pretty and that'll make me confident or whatever. But I feel like the deep thing underneath that is just like feeling good. And like, then you feel beautiful and you feel like you can be the best wife and friend and sister and coworker or whatever. And so, yeah. Yeah. With the health, it's like when you start to take care of your health, like it's, you know, like taking the action with the intention to do good for yourself. Totally. You feel more confident because you're like, oh, I've got my own back. I'm going to invest in eating well. I'm going to invest in, you know, a few minutes in the morning to meditate or I'm going to invest in slowing down or whatever it is. So that is definitely a way that I have built my confidence for sure. Like, you know, when all else fails, if, you know, people have a different opinion of me or whatever, I can know that in myself, if I'm taking care of myself, that I like love myself. And it's like empowering. I think to just, so my functional medicine doctor, Dr. Cole, he's the best. He's like the first person that got to the root of everything going on. But he said this comment, I was listening to a podcast he was doing last week and he was like, you either, even with food, like you're feeding your gut or you're not, you're feeding, you're feeding your gut or you're not feeding your gut. Wait, I can't remember. One thing, like what you eat either destroys your gut or it like impacts your gut. And I realized literally like everything starts in the gut, which affects your brain. So it can affect PTSD, OCD, anxiety, fear, all those things. And I think it's just so important to like connect the two of like literally what we're eating and what we're surrounding ourselves with, even like putting boundaries on our schedule or like not surrounding yourself with people that aren't going to live life with you and build you up and all that stuff. And just what you're eating is like so important to, yeah, like anxiety and like fear and all these things. And I'm just like, yeah, gosh, when you realize that it just really shifts your whole perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like, whoa, I can control, not control, but it's like, yeah, I can control totally. more than I think. Mm-hmm. I don't have to just receive yes. this and feel this way or, you know, yeah. it's so beautiful. What's like your favorite health trend well, right now? So I've been loving? doing celery juice for almost a year now. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I just, oh my gosh, I was bloated for like 15 years every day. Seriously. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. Because it was it a rash it reaction was, to like so something you were I eating? Just, I think I've had like gut issues for a long time, but no one could pinpoint it. Because mm, um, wow. there's been a few things that would be way too long of a story, but it just like shows that years back. 
And then after my accident, just all the medication I was on and stuff like that kind of literally depleted Mm -hmm. all my energy and iron production. And so I don't know. I think that all affected that, but celery juice. Oh my gosh. I was like six months into my gut healing protocol, like did not go an ounce off of it. I was like still bloated and I became constipated, which I've never really experienced. And Dr. Cole's like, okay, I'm yeah. prescribing you to celery juice an hour before you eat every morning. And within three days, I was like, Love great. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Really? I'm like, wow. man, yeah. I'm drinking this for life. Prescribing Isn't celery great? juice. Oh my God. Well, it's a, He's a functional medicine doctor. Like, what is he? He's so great. Functional medicine. Yeah, I love him. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Into it. Um, what are, and last question for me, like what, what are you doing within your relationship like to you know I think a lot of people I just say a lot as like a general thing but like get into a relationship and and view it as like a destination like oh we're married mm-hmm. right and and so like I, I think the consistent evolution of like who you are as individuals and then who you are as a couple is just vital to you know, it being a really deep lifelong connection. So like, what are you and Jason doing, um, you know, on a regular basis or what have you committed to doing to just like deepen your connection and understand? That's such a good question. Um, we're just really intentional about like always staying connected. So that can look different, different in a lot of ways, but just like, we always want to know like, how's your heart doing? Like, how are you doing? And I feel like we've done that for, probably like three years now. So I feel like we were learning how to do that in the first like year and a half of being married. And then um, the last three years have just really been in that routine. And so even like, I was talking to Jason on the phone, like FaceTiming him for like five minutes the other night. And he was like, he's like, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. He was like, no, what's wrong? And I was like, nothing. And then I literally start bawling and I'm like, oh my gosh. And he's like, I just know you way too well. Like I didn't even, I wasn't even expressing. I was sad. Like, I think I looked really happy on the phone. I'm just like, how, how did she know this? But I think you just get to that place where like, you just know the such depth of that person that you just like, you know, you just know, I don't know. And then just, being willing to go there. So being, being willing to say like, what, how are you doing? And even like struggles we have, we're really open with each other about. And I can just say like, how are you doing with this? Cause I can always tell when he's not doing well, but it's not something I should know. And so I always know. And he's like, Oh my gosh, like you always know. And I'm like, yeah. And same with him with me. And I feel like we both are just like, how can I help you in that struggle? And it could be something that could actually like the struggle could be hurtful to the other person. We just don't view it like that. We're just like, we all have this. So what can we do to help each other and come together in this? And um, and then just like also encouraging and supporting each other in our passion. So like just what we love and like, um, but letting each other do that separately, like, and then just supporting each other so fully in it though. Because um, even, okay, this is one thing like, um Jason's EP was like, do you want to come host the show one day with him? And I was like, no, that's like my worst nightmare. Like, no way. And she's like, please, it would be so fun. I'm like, no, because that's like his thing. Like, not that I would ever overpower him because I would be like whispering on air. Like my voice is so quiet. Um, But I'm like, that's just like his thing. And like, I want to like support him so much. He's so amazing in what he does. And like, it's such a gift and passion of his. Mm -hmm. 
And like, I don't know, just little things like that are just, um, yeah, just always like, I don't know, asking each other a lot of questions and going there. And also knowing like when you need to reconnect, like last four months have been so chaotic for us and, um, with the moving and fire remediation and all that stuff. And, um, mm-hmm. We have not had like one weekend really together. And so we had one weekend and we're like, we're going to go to the wine country for like three days just together to do nothing and reconnect. And I feel like we can see that really clearly. Like we just like need each other. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or just even during the week, like, whoa, last week was like a little busy. So we got asked to do this tonight. We're not going to do that because we just need to be together. Things like that. Just being aware. Yeah. Love that. so Yeah, I really do. I really do. Oh, yes like so grateful like mm. my best friend and we yeah oh. that's another beauty of pain because I wouldn't know him without my accident and I don't know so it's just there's so many gifts and he was you guys were together so yeah. early on like into your recovery and just I don't yes. know I, you, I'm sure you would have gone through it and been just as strong but I just think there is something to the like being in you know, so up and down and in, in pain and, and trying to like figure out, you know, now what your life is going to be like post something like this, like to have someone kind of see you yes. as you instead of you being in your no, body. Totally. Like, How do I do this? And yeah. Like, even like be helpful. A whole really, other thing is like showing you know, when I showed him my arm for the first time and like even my eye without my mm-hmm. eye in and just all this stuff that all my yeah. friends are so used to in Dallas and just like the way he loves me through that. He like literally breaks the ice with everything, even with me and new people. Like he'll just be like, I don't know. I don't even know what he does, but he just makes <laughs> it like so fun. It makes me feel confident in like mm. my body now, meaning with one arm and all that, you know? So it's yeah, really special and yeah, mm-hmm. he's helped me heal in a lot of ways. Mm. It's beautiful. Oh, cutie girl. Where can our community connect with you? Where can they learn so more about the Instagram foundation? Instagram is the best for me. Um, so at Lauren Scruggs is my personal handle. And then at the LSK Foundation. <laughs> Sorry, I always forget because our website is lskfoundation.com. Um, and then just mm-hmm. Lauren Scruggs Kennedy.com is my blog. And then... We have a dry shampoo, so that's at the Stranded Shop. Yes, on Instagram. Awesome. What's different about this so, dry shampoo? Oh, thank I've you. I'll have to send you all some. It Literally, yeah, I've heard really yeah. Great yes. after that. this, but um, so it's a fine powder, but it's um, like all the good things, like non-toxic. Um, there's a no, no, no talc. talc. Definitely not. <laughs> that whole like Johnson Johnson thing. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> freaks me out. But yeah. um, there's mm-hmm. a blonde brunette and red head color. Yeah. And then we're cool. doing awesome. just some fun things. Like we're redoing the formula just a bit to add essential oils. And then Jason and I are actually going to launch wipes in like summertime because <laughs> I know because cool. we started like cleaning that. airplane seeds. I don't know if y'all saw any of this. Oh my, yes, of course. Oh my God. I feel like people already did it, but then we just like, people just send us all these things or whatever. So we're like, we need to create like a really good, non toxic, powerful wipe. And so we're, we've been in the process of doing that. And um, it launches like in the summertime. (laughs) So stay tuned. That's going to be like a billion dollar business girl. It's going to be in every airport. (laughs) It's like freaking hilarious. We're just like, how? Like, how? Truly. Yeah, you can yeah, we really want to. Airlines. Yeah. Of course. Wow. 
Yeah. Helps my immunity. <laughs> I know. That's gross. It just really helps me stay with a high yes. immunity. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's incredible. And yeah, how fun yeah. to be like in partnership in that way. Yeah. And, like, be able yeah. To We've been doing it with the stranded team yeah. just because so we cool. know how to produce a product. But Jason's just like, right. he's just passionate about the wipes because he's a very clean. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can see that. And then for clean sweep. So, okay. So that's on my website. Um, and you can just, so Lauren Scruggs Kennedy, Kennedy.com and go under the shop thing and you'll just see the clean sweep there. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks, so girl. fun. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so happy to meet you and you know, you're inspiring you. so many people mm-hmm. and um the girls yes. that go to your retreat. I mean, and the girls that benefit from from your yeah, foundation. It's just incredible. So yeah. any way that we can help to, you know, our community, we can rally Thank together. You guys. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I would love if we That'd could find a way awesome. to donate mm-hmm. or support some of the You're women in your community. Yeah, our girls are always mm-hmm. looking for ways. And I just am really thankful for so much of your story and the information about prosthetics. You know, I, I don't know that. And so it just is like another layer of the struggle that I don't really have an understanding of and is really important for me to know. You know, you kind of think, okay, you just get whatever you, you know, prosthetic you want. You wouldn't think about the different types. And it's just another way that some people, you know, are able to get things and some aren't. And it really shouldn't be that yes. way it's unfair you know for our healthcare system to like discriminate yes. against like who gets what at what time that kind of thing is yeah pretty ridiculous um yeah well, thank you thank so you much guys. you're such a pleasure oh, thank you you're guys. sweeter in person <laughs> bye guys we'll Love see you, you next week <laughs> so fun you guys oh my gosh you crushed it Oh, thank you so much, Lauren, for being on. We love you. It was a joy. Go to the lskfoundation.com to learn more about her foundation and how you can contribute. Yep. And thank you to Kelly from Branch Basics for hooking us up with being able to connect with Lauren. We really appreciate it. So come find us on tour this year, almost30podcast.com slash events <laughs> for all of the events and all of the tour stops that we are doing. We are so excited to see you and come alone, bring a friend, either are amazing. Join us, the secret Facebook group. There's the larger group, secret Facebook group. And then there are smaller uh, groups in your community. Follow us on Instagram, Almost 30 Podcast. And then if you could take a second and just write a quick review, it would mean so much. We've been loving the ones that you guys have been emailing to us. Um, We will send you something really sweet. If you do, it means a lot to us. And um, yeah, your Podcast Pro, if you want to start a podcast, Y-O-U-R Podcast Pro. And we are working on that this summer. So we are excited to launch new things later this year. And then what else? And if you or someone you know would like to join the ambassador, either subgroups or you'd like to become an ambassador yourself, if you don't have a subgroup um, in your region, uh, please email community at almost30podcast.com and we will get you started. It is just an incredible way to build community, um, create community where you are, no matter how big or small it is, it matters and it makes an impact not only on your life, but those around you. Yeah. And then see you at our retreat in July. 
Can't wait. It's me, you, Malibu. So we're having a retreat at the beautiful Calamigos Ranch in Malibu. There's going to be an intimate retreat with tons of amazing speakers like Kelly Levesque, Jordan Younger, Aubrey Winters, and Danielle Vicente are doing workouts. It's going to be full of awesome healing and connection. So go to our website to get tickets and secure your spot at our retreat. Can't wait. We love you. Thanks for listening. Bye.